So I look at marketing a couple of ways. One, building your brand. Building your brand, you have to say, I'm going to be in real estate for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, whatever. Let's just say you got 20 years left. You got to think about that. You got to think about the 20 years every day. So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui, back for another episode where we get to interview the best real estate agents out there that are really crushing it in the market to try to figure out how to succeed in today's real estate market. And today's real estate market is super, super crazy. Things are changing kind of every day. You know, tactics are changing every day. And today we get to talk to Maria Quattrone from Maria Quattrone Associates, greater Philadelphia area, and get to talk to her about what she's doing. Maria, thanks for joining us on the show. Hey, Aaron. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here today. Yeah. So, the, so how long have you been doing real estate in the Philadelphia area? 17 years. 17 years. So everywhere else in the world right now, if you list a house on the market, there's like 95 offers in an hour. There's, if you are a buyer's agent, you're lined up outside houses trying to see the listing. And then people are now like dropping contingencies and going over asking and like, you know, offering up their firstborn kid. What's it like in Philadelphia? Is it like that out there? So in the downtown uh, market in Center City, it's not quite like that. Okay. Um, it is busy, but and we're not seeing a ton of multiple offers. Uh, it's definitely a different environment than the suburbs of our area. If you're buying in the suburbs, a single family house, most of those have, especially like under 750, they have like boatloads of offers, 100 showing, 30 offers over ask, all that stuff. So I kind of am a little bit, I'm, I'm happy, believe it or not, that we don't have that because way too much work for me. I don't want to be sorting through 30 offers as a listing broker. Yeah. And I definitely don't want my agents as buyer agents having to stand in line to get into a house with a buyer. So I feel a little fortunate that the city isn't like that. And, and a lot of that is due to COVID and everything that's went on. You know, there's a lot of civil unrest in Philadelphia primarily we're a very urban city yeah. so a little different here man i love philadelphia the first time i mean i was 35 or 36 years old when i got to go to philadelphia for the first time and it is amazing coming from like small town west coast and getting to see all this all the places that like the monopoly board was from and getting like reading and like seeing all this and seeing the city and the history in philadelphia that downtown area is it's so amazing and so beautiful, but a lot of cities right now in their core, they, that is the slow part. Like the city of San Francisco is the slow part. The greater San Francisco, you know, area is booming. You know, the city of Sacramento is slow. The city of downtown Austin is slow. As soon as you get like a couple miles outside the major Metro, the market is, is hot. So you think that it's mostly, you know, COVID has pushed people from cities to realizing if I'm going to be stuck in my house, I want to have more space. And, and also, yeah, like you said, the civil unrest stuff. And the, the best part about living in a city traditionally has been like, hey, you've got the food, you've got the restaurants, you've got like the experiences, and then they shut all that down. Is it similar out there? Is that part yeah. of where the drops, like you, you miss the benefits of downtown? 
Yeah, for sh- no, no doubt. I mean, we, my husband and I live a few blocks from our office. We live right in Center City. Yeah. And it's a different environment. Uh, last night, I went to visit a friend over, her, over her, at her condo in Rittenhouse Square, which is five, six block, five blocks from my office. Yeah. I walked over and not the same vibe as it was a year ago before the shutdown. That's for sure. Different. Easier. It's a little grungier. I feel like the city's definitely a little grungier than it was. Um, we had seen an uptick in the city for the last 20 years, and the vibe is a little bit different. So a lot of people that own second homes are living in their second homes mm-hmm. um, at the beach. We're about, the center city's about an hour from the Jersey Shore. So within 60 minutes, you know, you're there door to door. So with remote work up 300%, that definitely plays a key role in the, I can now, it's okay. I can live at the beach all year round because I don't have to be at the office. And even if I did, and when I do go back, and if it's only one or two days, it's not that big of a deal if it's an hour commute, it's not an everyday thing. So we've seen people move to like the shore areas, the Pocono areas, Pocono, which is a about an hour and a half from here in the mountains, as we call it. Mm-hmm. There's the and the market there is unbelievable, which was never it hasn't been a hot market in I don't even know. I don't even know what yeah. ever was, but it is now. Yeah. And then you have people, of course, going to the immediate suburbs and then New Jersey suburbs as well. So, but what's interesting is we do have people coming from different areas, right? So there's still going to be residents coming. We're big medical meds and ads here. So we'll have residents coming from, we have one right now. They're coming from, uh, she's in Boston and he is in Iowa. And they're moving to Philadelphia because she just got a residency at the University of Pennsylvania uh, for her do- for her doctor program. So we will have people coming in for that. We see people also uh, buyers coming in from New York City because Philadelphia is less dense. Mm-hmm. And then we've had a couple people come actually from DC. So interesting times for sure. Yeah, a, a, a shift in demographics, a shift in demand. Easier to get a parking space now. Oh, yeah, a little easier. Oh, only a little. The, only I, a little. I went to San Francisco six <laughs> months ago, and usually I, there's a certain block that I remember once going to a conference and I missed the turn and it, into the right parking lot, and it took me an hour to go the four blocks around. And now you go down to that same area and you can you can park Two outside. Minutes. Yeah, yeah, you could. You, it's it's a piece of cake. The, so wait, you've been in Philadelphia. Did did you have a cheesesteak? Yeah, the, I where, did all. We, where where we, did you go? Well, we, we went to the, the two famous ones across ah, from each other. Right? So the, yeah, we went there. The, we also ate at one little market right near the uh, you know the George Washington House Center. We do we're we're super touristy. So I go with my I go with my wife and kids. We we are we do all the touristy stuff that we're supposed to do. We ride on the red bus and go around town. We eat at all the places and do the fun stuff. And it was uh, been there a few times now, and absolutely one of my favorite cities. Have not been back since, but I think. When you're talking about the, I've not been back since COVID, right? But it'd been going, you know, we first went there four or five years ago and every year after that. Uh, but I think you're right. A lot of the cities around the U.S., it, it's, kind of, it's just a little, it's just a little grungy right now. It's opportunity, it's change, it's demographic change. What do you think will spur, eventually, I think there will be a drive back into the city, into Philadelphia. Can you think of anything that's going to spur that change? Uh, out there for you guys or do you think it's just a matter of time or do you think it's just slow or what, what do you think well, the we should are? start we should start with leadership yeah better leadership okay better better leadership will help that change and then getting people who work in the the towers you know our market street 
which is where our commercial district is, the office buildings are back in the offices. Because that business of the people working in Center City brings business into Center City. So the restaurants, you know, the stores, um, they're supported by, by business people. Most business people take their clients to dinner and to lunch. Um, so the restaurants get that business, which is a big deal. And if the business people aren't entertaining, uh, which is what you get your most business on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday nights and lunches, we're all business people. So we haven't been to lunch. I went to one lunch like uh, this year. I mm -hmm. had a lunch. That was, that was good. One yeah. lunch I went to. I think you're right. As soon as as soon as they turn, as soon as people start working in the offices again, the downtown real estate. Jamie Diamond had talked about making you know a lot of his employees kind of go back to work in downtown New York with the idea that the guy selling hot dogs outside needs people in the offices. There's so many people that are counting on yes. that lifestyle. Well, I am. Uh, I'm curious to watch Philadelphia over the next couple of years as that happens. Let's go. Let's let's talk deeper real estate, general real estate, maybe normal time real estate. So you got your license. You said. Like how many, 16 years ago, 17 years ago? Yeah. So it was 2003. A good friend of mine said, you are bored with your job. I was selling radio advertising for a group of radio stations in Philadelphia. And I was kind of looking for another opportunity. And he said to me over a steak dinner one night, I'll never forget it. He said, I think you should look at real estate. And I'm like, Peter, I, I don't know. I was like, I don't know about that sign. I see the people carrying the sign around the city, like the open house signs. That's what yeah. I was talking about. And I want to hold the sign. I'm weirdo. Anyway. Yeah. You're like, I'm not going to hold a sign. <laughs> yeah, I'm not holding a sign. I'm not carrying the sign around. So I, uh, I talked with him, and then he said, why don't you talk to my business partner? And his business partner and him owned multifamily investment uh, real estate in Center City. And, I was, and he would say, yeah, see that building there? We own that. I'm like, you own that building? He's like, yeah, with three other partners, I'm 25% owner. And I still was like, what are you? I wasn't really getting it 100%. Yeah. And so I met with his business partner who happened to be a broker and just opened a small brokerage here in Center City. And I picked his brain for about two hours at my house, maybe longer. And I asked lots of questions. And, and then I decided, like three weeks later, I signed up for the class. I took the class in January 2004 while I was still working in the radio industry. And I had my first closing, uh, I think it was March 31st, 2004, for like 400000 My friend bought a house. And then my second closing was multifamily, four units. It was the next month. And that was for a million twenty-five. And so this went on. I did about that year was uh, part-time in between selling radio, I did about 17, 16 or 17 sales. And I said, okay, I can do this. And so February 5th, 2005 was my first day uh, full-time in real estate. Wow. I think that the, the first time somebody does a million dollar deal, quit their other job. I think most of the time they're like, whoa, I made more in that transaction than I've made in you know, four or five, six months of my other businesses or, yeah. or maybe a month. Like you get to see that. And I think that's where a lot of, that's the part where a lot of people love real estate. So I'm, I'm a little surprised that it took you so much long, even after well, the, the million did, dollar one. It did because I was making pretty good money selling radio. Okay. I had months where I made that money. Oh, wow. So I, I had a pretty good income prior to this. And I, I had a, uh, a real tough learning in the sales industry 
So they don't mess around in radio. You have to, you have to call about 100 people to get 10 appointments, 100 businesses, people that can afford your product, 10 appointments to shoe sales, a lot of door knocking, a lot of rejection, a lot of being hung up on, a lot of being told, go pants and get out of my business. So when I got into real estate, I said, oh, my God, this is so easy. Yeah. This is like compared to what I was doing. I was selling air, not a house that you have to live in or an investment property or a rehab that you could flip and make 50 grand in, you know, four months. All right, you can see results. In real estate, you can actually see and look at it. I love it as an investment. I love it as something to sell because at the end of the day, yes, if you're selling somebody advertising, the, you're having to tell them like, it's working. You just don't see it. Like, it's almost like, it's like selling at something invisible, like marketing. Like when you guys even market as real estate agents, you send out stuff so people like remember your name. It's tough to see the quick ROI on something like that, but to be able to say like, hey, now you're living in the house or now you own the house and you can touch it and you can see it. It is a very... Kind of yeah. ta tangible thing. So you got a really good first year actually for agents as agents go. And it, but it wasn't for the money. And because you actually had to like it because you had a good paying job before. So you were like, I'm going to transition over to this. It's a little bit better, easier, different than selling air. What's something that you I really you loved it. Go ahead. I really loved it. I really didn't mind working seven days a week. And I tell people all the time, like, if you love something that you do, you'll be successful at it if you don't quit. And so I spent a lot of time in the first couple of years analyzing the market. I understood, I, I understand numbers. I understand absorption rate. I understand when there's too much inventory coming and what's that going to do to pricing. So I watched it. I watched it unfold in 2006 and seven. I kept saying to my broker, aren't you scared? He's like, what are you talking about? I said, do you watch the inventory every day? All the inventory accumulating? I'm like, we're at 10 months. We're at 12 months. We're at yeah. 16 months. He, he didn't even know what I was talking about, which I thought was fascinating in itself. But I saw it coming. So when it happened, I, the crash, I, it was not a shock to me. I tried to sell, tell sellers this was coming for a year and a half. Yeah. You know, because I, when I entered the industry, because I was doing so well so quickly, I started a team right away. And so it was like, then called the Q team. They said, you can't, you can't use that because it's a vanity and you can't use vanity. You're still not allowed to use vanity, but all these people here do. I don't know. I just, uh, I like, I, I, I love, I'm not a hundred percent of real follower, but some rules I like to just follow. So I just went to Maria Quattron and use that as the brand, as the brand, but I had team really quickly I hit the ground running my first year. I February, I couldn't handle the paperwork. So by April, I had an assistant mm -hmm. and I didn't care. I was like, somebody has to do this because I won't, I, I can't, I can't do it. I was having a nervous breakdown trying to get papers in order. So I'm definitely not the admin. I'm a terrible admin. I'm a terrible email. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and then I start building a team and it, right then that was in no five. It wasn't like a big thing. People didn't have teams. Yeah. There weren't a lot of teams. There was maybe one or two here. And then they were like, who she thinks she is? She has a team. Yeah, so. she's, got, she's putting her name on it and other people are working. She's not a, you weren't a broker. You were under someone else's license, but you had a team, right? Yeah. Or were you, yeah. yeah. I think that was, it was common for people to get their broker's license, to get agents to work for them. 
back in 05. Like a lot of small brokerages were popping up, but the, but the team, the team idea of working for someone else and then having a team be underneath you that, that is sharing commissions and things like that. How big is your team now? So we went through a couple iterations since I left my old brokerage, was, uh, which I was at for seven and a half years. Now I bought the Remax uh, franchise in November of 2014. So we are six years and whatever, a few months in. Yeah. And I had started with like, I didn't know, should I have a team? Should I have independent brokerage? And I had like a, a mishmash of that. And then at the end of 16, I recognized that all of the people that I was recruiting really weren't doing anything. And I said, oh, my God, if I don't get out of this situation, I'm going to go broke. Because I was just like money was just, you know, burning every month with the bills and expenses. And so I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go back. Aaron, I'm going to go back into sales and I'm going to go back and build my marketing machine. And so here's what, how I describe my marketing machine. It's like, if you ever read the book, uh, Chet Holmes book, uh, the marketing book, mm, I forget the name. It's not coming to me. It's an orange book, but he okay. talks about this big wheel, 5,000 pound wheel. And with the 5,000 pound wheel, that's the marketing wheel. It takes like time to get that going. You know, it's a slow thing, but you get some momentum, you're pushing it, you're pushing it, you get some more momentum, and then the thing starts to move, and then it starts to move. So now it's like spinning, 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 and that's the business that comes in because I've been doing all the things to build brand. So see, I decided in 2013 that I wasn't going to buy leads anymore from Zillow, Realtor.com, or anybody. I decided that I was going to completely do everything that's focused on obtaining listing inventory. And that meant working for sellers because if I had listings and I had leverage, if I had leverage and I had buyers and I had business and I was able to, for those four years, uh, completely focus on building that marketing machine and building brand. So that at the end of, and I didn't want to have agents in my company. I just wanted to have support staff and like uh, people are like, they were licensed, but they didn't, they weren't out in the street. They weren't out in the street agents. They were more focused on handling the marketing, closings, the listing management, and all those things that go into running a business. And so the pandemic hit, and I said, oh, boy, we're locked. We live in Pennsylvania. Ten weeks closed. Our lovely governor. We weren't essential. Real estate was not essential out there for a few months. Ten weeks. Okay. Real Estate Rockstars, this is a commercial break from our biggest podcast sponsor we have right now, Rent Ready. It can be fun getting a new real estate deal, but it can be tough managing your properties after the fact, especially if you're long distance investing or trying to manage multiple properties by yourself. That's why we're here to tell you about Rent Ready. Rent Ready is a property management software that not only makes it easier to manage all your real estate deals from one platform, but they also have the best customer service support in the biz. They're an all-in-one app that lets you easily manage properties, collect rent, list units, screen tenants, sign leases, all from your phone or computer. Imagine all of your real estate doors right in your pocket. How awesome is that? The best part is it's so affordable, one flat price for everything. Unlimited properties, tenants, and support with a real live human. And I have to add in there, that's a new business model that not a lot of people are doing. 
There's like this freemium model where people say, hey, you can try this, but as soon as you grow, it's gonna cost you a lot of money. Or they kind of punish you when you get too many emails on your list or too many companies. They aren't gonna punish you when you grow. They're not gonna charge you more when you get 10, 20, 30 rentals. They're gonna charge you the same when you have two or three as they will when you have 50 or 60. So you have a nice fixed cost, all software, all in one place. Check it out, Rent Ready, R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com. And if that's not enough, Rent Ready is giving our listeners a special code you can use to get a whole year of Rent Ready for just $54. Use code R-O-C-K-S-T-A-R-50, that's Rockstar50, and sign up for Rent Ready's annual plan at rentready.com. Again, R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com with code Rockstar50 to get Rent Ready for only $54. So I spent a lot of time going to lunches and dinners. I was that business person that took people out. So we had to decide what we were going to do. And we decided we were going to go, you know, all in. We were already doing some radio and TV spots. And we said, let's, let's go deeper into video and social media and creating content. So that's when we developed the podcast, Be the Solution, and the whole that becoming our number one core value at MQA is to be the solution. And the reason why I came up with that is because I built my business on expired listings back in 2007, eight, nine, whatever. And I, I thought back to that and I said, why do people hire me? I get hired. Sometimes I'm like a lot of times I'm the third broker and because I come in and I fix it, I get it sold. That's fixing it in the listing land is getting it sold. And so I said, we solve problems. We solve challenges. We're a solution provider. And so we came up with the meta brand of Be The Solution and started doing uh, YouTube and Facebook Lives with mega agents around the country, business owners locally, influencers, and building that show over the last, um, since April 1st. So every week I go on live one to two times a week, depending on the week. Uh, but so about, I guess about not, yeah, eight, seven times, a, no, wrong, seven times a month. Okay. And that has been very helpful in, I learned a lot of things from it. One, learning how to listen because like this podcast, you didn't give me any questions. I didn't give you any questions. It's the same thing with mine. It's organic, authentic. We want our guests to feel like this is their platform to tell their message. And Mm -hmm. so it's all about the listening. And that's made me a better, I believe, leader in my company, a better interviewer for people coming in. So fast forward to the end of 2020, I said, okay, now we are building this company and I'm going to hire every single person that I need to from a back office standpoint, support staff, even if we have to have way more people than we need right now in order to have the foundation laid to build MQA to be a pretty big team in our region, not just Philadelphia County, but the suburbs of New Jersey, as well as the suburbs of Philadelphia, um, the surrounding like, seven counties of us. Are you still doing deals yourself? So yes, the, listing. So, so, so you're so you're doing the listings. Listing, yes. And then you have other agents that also do listings and become yeah, your, so your buyers. Last year we had we brought in two agents into our group. 
Um, one, he focuses on buyers and listings, and the other one, she focuses on buyers. And then just this month, we onboarded four agents. So they're in training, our MQA training program right now to get them all ready to get into follow-up boss and into our lead ponds uh, so they can hit the ground running. We have tons of people for them to call. I generate a lot of opportunities. So they're, it's easy. It's a plug-and-play for them. We've already built the system. We've already built the processes out. The business is a thriving business. Now we want to grow it with building the right community, with the right humans in, in, in our own little dysfunctional family that we are like the rest of the world. So you've been growing your brand for a long time, but then end of 2020 was like, well, you've been promoting your brand and grow, but not necessarily growing your brand. And then end of 2020, you're like, Hey, let's grow. Let's bring people on. So now you've just hired some people. What, what, what was the volume that you did in 2020? How many just houses? A, did you just sell? around about 230 and it's around 60 million this year. Um, based on the plan, it's to be at a hundred million. So is that like so average is average two hundred fifty thousand a transaction? Then, yeah, around two seventy five ish, depending. All right, but our so, price point now is going up, which we started to focus on last year. So, so how many units did you do last year? Two two fifty. around two thirty. And how many agents did that? Two thirty. Um. Well, not you? many. <laughs> Not many. Myself, I have a listing partner, Dara Ellis, who handles, I bring it, I bring all the business in. She handles the negotiation. She's also a broker record. Mm-hmm. So she negotiates the offers and does a home inspection. And then Steven uh, joined us in August and Magda joined us in November, had her first closings in February. So basically three people. That's awesome. I mean, that's crazy. So, but the way that you're doing that, so you're going to have a few people that do the transactions, but then a heavy back office team of like admin support. So you yes. guys get to do the stuff that where you, that, you know, your best use of time, right? Yes. So negotiating, dealing with buyers, as soon as you actually get the stuff locked up, any of that back end stuff, it's done by the pay, office. somebody else by the office is going to do it. You're going to pay them less so you could spend your time doing the stuff that's, yeah, so that's, the, that's worth the money. The agent's job is to convert the opportunities. We don't have an ISA department right now. I don't, we may at some point, but to convert the opportunities that I've brought in and show and sell property or list property and then the back office does all the support all the marketing around it all the social media everything you know by even like putting up signs lock boxes scheduling photography virtual staging the office does all of that so really it is an agent come into our system our Mm -hmm. mqa system and make really good money really quickly with zero out of their pocket so we run the office uh, like one big team as opposed i'm not personally I don't believe in independent brokerage model. I think that, and I didn't believe in it the day I walked in the door, which is why I started a team. Mm-hmm. And so I had to go back to that, Aaron, and really say to myself, okay, well, I've tried, I've tried that model. It doesn't work for me because I didn't believe in it. Because I, I don't believe that one person could do seven jobs in one transaction. It's not what I believe in. Yeah. Well, it's not, it's not, a, it's not the efficient use, right? It's, it's like batching. People need to be able to follow their do their tasks, do their tasks really well. And they can fire out if somebody's just dialing, they can do more calls than the person dialing and doing the contract. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, I, the other thing on top of that though, it's worse is that you're really only good at maybe two things. So something suffers, which usually means the client is suffering. The client's suffering because you cannot be shoving property and also getting mortgage commitments, putting things in the MLS, ha- getting signs up and scheduling photography. It's just yeah. not possible. It's not yeah, possible. 
I like that. You're like, you can only be good at two things. So focus on two things, have somebody else focus on the other ones because it's not, I, uh, you're like, otherwise the client suffers. And it goes back to justifying like, why do you, ha- why do you do this, this, and this? It's, it's actually, someone could say, hey, if you're not doing all of it, are you giving your client the best service? And you could actually say, no, by me not doing the backend stuff, I'm giving my client the 100%. best service. If I was trying to do the stuff that I suck at, uh, just to be the one that, that keeps the transaction the whole way. The, the, the client suffers, not myself. So you're going to do like 350 this year, your goal for 2021. Plus you're going to bring on a bunch more people. So there's a probably a decent chance that you'll go, you'll beat your $100 million goal if you keep growing at the rate that you're growing at right now of people wanting to kind of join your team. But So, the- so I, I'll tell you something funny. I believe in the universe and I believe in the law of attraction. And I believe in living in a high vibration. And I went to a Remax broker owner conference a couple years ago. And they gave me this little thing right here. Multi-office owner, 100 plus associates. And on the lanyard, you know, you get with your name. Okay, so I went back up to them. I said, listen, um, this isn't mine. Uh, 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 This isn't mine. And I handed it back. They handed it back. I go, oh, but you know what? I said, can I keep this? You were like, you were like, Hey, I'm not a hundred plus agent. I'm not a hundred plus associates and yeah. you're handing it to them. And then you change your mind. I said, can I, can I keep it? So I, they said, absolutely. You can have that Maria. So I put it right here on my computer and I stare at it every day, every single day. I look at it and then I forgot it was there because I looked at it so much, but it's subconscious. Mm-hmm. Right. So we, the universe brings us up what we put out. So if we say we're going to do this, we don't know how hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. But if you put it out there, it will find a way to put you in front of the right people to make it happen. All right. Your hundred plus associates tag, you'll end up putting it on your lanyard someday yes. soon, but by getting to look at it front and center, I'm a big goal person. I'm a good, I'm a big visualization person. The, on all of my whiteboards and stuff all over the room, there are so many things on there that are like, no, there's actually a couple goals up there that I have done nothing toward this year or maybe not even last year, but I also do know it comes true because even though I've taken no action toward it, I could see how I'm a step closer to a lot of them. So I think, I think you're right on that with the, the way that the universe works. Let's talk about a couple of the kind of your tactics. So you did a pre-interview with Curtis and he said, I needed to make sure to ask you about your blue box. So the, Oh, my so, blue box. So tell me about the blue box. Okay. So the blue box is an idea I came up with where the box goes out to people that tried to sell that no longer. So that didn't sell. And in my box, I have a couple mugs, like this, be the solution, coffee, tea. I have some information about real estate, why it sells, doesn't sell, and then a little bit of information about us. And then, can somebody bring me a blue box, please? And then I have in there a card, a video card. Can you open it up? And it's me saying, hi, Aaron. I've seen those. So it's like a, it's a card, like a card that would come in an envelope, but there's a little screen inside it. Yes, it's a screen inside it. Oh, does, it does it say hi, Aaron, or does it say hi, no. someone? Oh, my gosh. She's holding up the blue box right now. For you guys on YouTube, you're going to see it. But it's like a big old package with a bow on it. So you drop it off at their door, or you ship yes, it? it the- gets, no, it gets hand-delivered. And the car, the, it's a video. So it opens up. It says MQA on the front. It opens up, and I say, hi, Aaron. I'm Maria Quattrone. 
Our number one core value here at MQA is to be the solution, and I'm your solution to get your property sold. And then I go into a whole big thing about you, about the property. It's three minutes long. And then I go over the core things that, you know, what real estate is not. I can see it. I can see the card. It opens. Dude, I have seen those. I started looking. So, the, But it's a personalized. You can actually say the name on it. You know your script, but you can actually say the yeah, name. Yeah. I mean, I, have, I don't read a script exactly, but I have an outline in my head and of what the things I need to cover are. Because, you know, real estate's not just, it's art and science, there's math involved as well, right? That's absorption rate, understanding so, the market, being the market expert. That is so crazy. So somebody, so somebody's house expires, they get people calling them at like 6 a.m. the next day saying like, hey, let me give it a try. They get phone numbers, they get texts, they get letters. The, um, they, they get to the point where they like stop. I remember one day I had a house that I was, that I lived in, that, you know, that we took off the market. And the next day, like 5.30 in the morning, I got a phone call. That was like, hey, your house just expired. Let us sell your thing. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, it's going to be a long day. Oh, my God. So, yeah. So, by noon, I'm not answering my phone for probably uh, for the next week or two. Like, I'm telling everybody, like, no, we're also list- We're also agents. Like, the- you're not going to be able to sell my – you're not going to get my listing. I was just, you know, testing something out. But – so, they get all that. And then they also get somebody, like, knocks on the door. And they see this the blue- hand deliver. Them. Yeah, hand deliver. This blue yeah, pack. I mean, it's a little weird with COVID. But I said I wanted to do it anyway. It'll be over soon. People are getting vaccinated, whatever. But so, yeah. It's They'll leave a, it outside for a day. They'll let it air dry. They'll let it do their thing. I mean, no, no. It's all good. They take in the boxes. So, yeah. They're like, and there's then, a ribbon on it. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's, you know, we need to do things that are different. Um, one of the things that, you know, I explain this to marketing, right? So, I look at marketing a couple of ways. One, building your brand. Building your brand, you have to say, I'm going to be in real estate for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years whatever. Let's just say you got 20 years left. You got to think about that. You got to think about the 20 years every day. So when people say, I started this, it didn't work. I started that. It didn't work. I didn't. How long just, how long did you do it for? Were you consistent? I did it for two weeks. Okay. Well, it's not going to work. I did it for a month. It's not going to work. People say you've done all that video last year. I produced between overproduced podcasts, and video uh, produced on my big view, I've, I did over 350 since COVID hit. It's 350,000 in marketing. Three, no, 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 wait. 350 pieces of content okay. I produced. People say, is that stuff working? Yeah. And I say, well, it depends on what you mean by that. And they look at me funny. I say, okay, do you know how bamboo grows? And they're still looking at me. I go, okay, so it's like a stalk. It's like this big. And it gets to be a little bit bigger. It's got offshoots to it. And then it gets a little bit bigger. And it's kind of slow. It's not really growing. And it gets a little bit. Then all of a sudden, there's called, they have bamboo encampments. They're trying to stop the bamboo from growing. It will not stop growing. That's marketing and branding. Yeah, it's like the ever the evergreen, the evergreen content that as it grows, it becomes a snowball. How much money do you spend on that blue box? Fifty two dollars. It's not bad. I was expecting that it was more expensive than well, that. Well, we're, so th- we're we're efficient over here. So well, we, and we we shopped around. Well, e- that uh, that even being said, if I got one of those blue boxes as a somebody who's just expired and all the people are calling, I would think, wow, this is very cool. The video card, the little gift, the anything else like the you're definitely going to be 
you're definitely gonna be on the short list for when they they relist it for that do you know how much you spent on that blue box last year or no this is this is just this is a new thing you just got going i cannot wait to have you back in a year and see like what was the conversion right for that super super i'll be happy to share that with you at the end of the year what it is if you could go back and tell yourself so as a new agent what's something you wish you would have known the first year that you know now control your emotions okay yeah they will go in so what when you say that what's like a first story that comes to mind is like uh when you didn't know that yet or or what taught you well that? i only just figured that out yeah to be the, honest then even better right it's even better that we should have known that right away the best stuff we learn is after 5 10 15 years and we're like whoa my life would have been way way different i wish when i first got started i would have known to have backup plans or diversify or and not even as an agent but in life like i had one business plan of buying and flipping foreclosures that was working really 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 well so 2009 to 2012 it's amazing i never believed that that business could get shut down right and so i I got to experience that back when competition set in like oh i should have had a backup plan that re-hit me again in 2020 because then it was like, oh, I did have a backup plan. So when some of my businesses did get shut down in 2020, I had other businesses that were okay. So I was able to like diversify and pivot. And so I think it's, yeah, I've been doing business for a long time and I learned something last year uh, that was pretty big. So the controlling your emotions as an early agent, what, what things do you think that could have helped you avoid? Well, I think, you, you know, if you're right, you, lo- you, you, you didn't win. Yeah. Right? It doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't matter. You didn't win. You didn't win long term. And understanding that early on would have been helpful. Yeah. Um, you, yeah, go ahead. If you're going to look at 2020, what was, is, I mean, maybe that's a lesson that you learned. What's the one thing that helped you survive 2020, like during COVID? Like what was, you're still here and you had an awesome 2020. If you could tailor it to one thing that you focused on. I mean, March was scary. We were like, we're all going out of a job, you know, it, it, it's, or I felt like that. So what was your superpower no. during 2020? Well, March was very scary. And especially since I had a closing, we had a closing on March 31st, a commercial deal. Uh, we were selling, we sold three buildings that were a hundred thousand square feet because we do commercial real estate as well. And I, there, we had one of them closed already. We had two left to close. And that's a big fee for us because we represented both sides. Wow. It was several million dollars. And I was very scared about that not happening because that not happening would have been you know, a, you know, a very big fee that we wouldn't have received. And so I think that a couple things. My adrenaline was very high. And I got up every day. I was sitting on my computer by 7 and I was there until seven, like dinner time, my husband would cook. And then I come down and eat, and then I go back upstairs and back on line. And that went on for quite a while. It was like, uh, I don't even know, a long time, a while, because we were closed. So I think my superpower was focus. Yeah. I love the idea. There was like two different approaches. Maybe there was probably more than two. Two very specific approaches to COVID I can think of is some people said, I can't do anything anyway, so I'm going to sit here and and not do it. I'm going to put my head in the sand. I'm going to be scared. I'm going to watch TV. I'm going to hang out, whatever. And there's 
And there were some people that said, oh my gosh, I need to solve this. I got to, so, I mean. I agree. And what, and I saw a lot of people here sit back and take time off and many actually big producing teams. And I was shocked by it. And I said, what, this is an amazing opportunity to grow the brand. Yeah. Because when everybody pulls back, it's the time when you put more effort to it. And that's what we did. And I've worked more in 2020 than I had in, and I was always a working, you know, pretty, I mean, I, I follow schedule. I'm not one of these people that comes in at 11 or, I mean, I'm in early. I have a schedule every day. I have a back to back schedule. Most days there's like not lunchtime. Lunch is like, Oh, let me try to eat something right the second in a minute, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I definitely, if we were pulling seven days, for a while and then awesome. this, when the summer opened we i went to like six and i've been at six days pretty much since and i didn't wasn't working six days before that i was basically doing five and maybe you know a half a day on saturday looking at like numbers and marketing or whatever but now it's like six full days when are you going to slow back down i'm not until i'm reaching my, where i want to go i have a plan that in 24 months i want to be able to live in italy for three months yeah as a first time so that's when you'll slow down. Like well, when you're, I'll, when I'll you're still kidding. be on Zoom, but I'll have a, I'll, I'll be on Zoom, zooming. No, everybody. Well, I'm going to get you on the podcast when you're in Italy. Oh, I'll be in Florence. And, you can drink we'll, some wine with me through we'll, Zoom. Yeah, we'll talk about what, what you're, what you're seeing oh. and what you're doing. Yeah, when so when crisis hit, your adrenaline picked up, and you're like, hey, I'm going to work extra hard right now. I'm so, going to get up early. I'm going to make some. Yes, some, and uh, people couldn't understand it. I had friends very aggravated with me. They were just couldn't get it. What the hell be the solution? This whole thing. Who do you think you are? Right. Why aren't you being sad right now? What like how, because I took a completely opposite approach. I said I'm not giving up. You know, there could be another pandemic. We have to be able to live through this. We have to be able to work through this. And I was very mad because Pennsylvania non-essential real estate. I said, how dare this state say that real estate is non-essential? Living owning a home, living in a home, renting an apartment. You couldn't rent an apartment. You couldn't go into an apartment building. What were people supposed to do? Shelter. Yeah. Isn't that a right? Yeah. So I, would, so, so I took the approach where I was pissed off and I was not stopping. And I call all my clients and I wasn't trying to sell them anything. I would spend an hour on the phone with somebody trying to calm somebody down or talking about Oh my God, this is crazy and this and that. And what's going to happen? I said, we're all going to be fine. That's what's going to happen. And look what happened to the real estate market. Nobody knew. Everybody was afraid it was going to go in the toilet. It went the exact opposite way because people sat in their homes. They go, oh my God, we got to get the hell out of this house. If I look at that ugly kitchen yeah. one more time, there's no place for the kids to go. We don't have a home office. We don't have a place for the gym workout stuff. We're not going to go to a gym anymore. Forget it. Germs, germs, too many germs. Die. Right? Yep. And so people wanted to change your surroundings. Then with remote work, 300%, and virtual school, people had to change what they were doing. Dude, it changed everything. It is so, in hindsight, it's really easy to go, of course that would happen. But I, uh, I never in a million years thought that, you know, back when it was like, hey, it'll be two weeks. And I had friends at the time go, no, I think it's going to be about six weeks. And I closed some offices and moved people out of them. And, and now we're a year later and my workers are still not back in an office. And we are like, whoa, the world has changed. But the, 
we, yeah, we were terrified of the real estate market. We fire sold a bunch of stuff. We're like, oh my God. I, I was traumatized from 07, 08, 09. Mm, I'm sure. I was a home builder at the time. Like when you had first gotten real, I was a home, I remember the crash. I remember, oh my gosh, we had offers at 80 cents on the dollar. We didn't take. And then a year later we were at 40 cents on the dollar. And like, and so I was traumatized. So as soon as this happened, I'm like, oh, it's real estate market crash all over again. I'm going to take it. I'm going to sell fast. I'm going to get below the market. I'm going to get out of this. And uh, yes, luckily I was wrong. Luckily that, that hit, you know, the, uh, it's turnaround, but it changed everything. People's demands, the, uh, you know, trampolines. It took six months to get a trampoline on order. I ordered a play set for my son for the backyard. And that took like four months before it got here. And then finding someone that would actually come put it together was hard even to help me. Cause I'm like, I can't do both sides of this. So the world's changed. You know, Maria, it's been awesome talking to you. We only have a few more minutes. And the, I cannot believe that like an hour is almost up already as we, I have a fire round of a few questions that we, that we try to ask everybody. And then I want to hear more about what's next for you. So we, I said, so what's your number one way to get an offer accepted right now that you would, I mean, you're a listing agent, but right now people call and to go. And in Philadelphia, you're saying maybe you're only getting two or three offers, you know, in the city instead or of like maybe 30. just one or maybe one. If you are in a multiple, multiple offer situation, what is the secret to get your offer accepted or what's the tactic people should use? Well, they're trying all different things these days. I think if you're competing against a lot of people, pay the seller's closing cost. Okay. Just be like, there's some, there's something extra. You're going to make a little bit more out of this thing. The, uh, anything else? Do you, do you call them and tell them ahead of time? Hey, this is the thing that we did. Well, I would never use an escalation clause. It's a bad tactic because okay. then you tip your hat, put your best foot forward. Think about this. How long am I going to be in this house? If your answer is 20 years, Okay, well, can I overpay? How much can I overpay to get it? And, and, and you might have to overpay. And if the house is priced below market, right, somewhat, and if you think it'll, you know. It will, too, right, right? now. I'm not saying, like, obviously, you're not having an appraisal contingency. You know, inspections, that's going to be up to the person if they want inspections. Do a pre-inspection, bring contractor through if you're worried about that. If you're buying an older home, there's going to be stuff. Figure 10%. Yeah. In repairs. So figure, calculate all this in and it's, it's going to depend on how much you want that house. And if you're going to stay there 20 years and you're going to be happy there. Yeah. Pay what you got to pay to get it. That's it. We're, the, the, the house that I'm in right now, we, we, we bought it on MLS. We paid retail. Every other property I've ever bought was a foreclosure on the courthouse steps. If it was something that we lived, I wanted to get something for 60, 70, 80 cents on the dollar. And this was the first time I had to go like, no, I will pay more than every, anybody else because this is long-term. This is for my family. This is for everything else. Having that mindset. And then COVID happened and I was terrified I bought this house. And now it, in hindsight, probably I probably very like, happy about oh, it. I look like I'm brilliant. Yeah, it turned out to be the best, the best mistake I ever made with Steph. What's your favorite technology in real estate right now? You mentioned follow-up boss. Is that, is that your go-to? I love follow-up boss. I love it. We have action plans now for bringing on new agents. We have action plans for our recruiting. We have action plans we're building right now out for our investors. We have long-term seller, short-term seller, after client. I think it's one of the best systems and it's very user-friendly. I only will, I, I, I think that system, and I've used a lot, is one of the easiest. All right. Because you could text on it. You can email. You can set up like videos. Email, send somebody a, a video on day you 10. Know what my favorite technology is too. This little thing here. It's called the phone. This yeah. is made. If you have this little thing, think about 15 years ago, 10 years ago. 
We didn't have video on here. Now you could be anywhere. Video. People want to cry and complain about stuff. I'm like, you live in the greatest place in the world, America. You have the best opportunity because you have the internet at your fingertips to be successful. You can watch YouTube. You can watch you. You can watch me. You can watch any successful person on YouTube. You can be on. Now, I don't go on there because I, I have to focus. Clubhouse and all these other things. Talk about, learn all these things. Just the greatest time in history to be alive. Yeah. The phone. I've heard that you can't get on Clubhouse if you want to actually be productive because you get sucked in there. I people, can't do it. I have get to, sucked in there all day. I, I, have, haven't, I haven't looked at it yet. I, the fact that I'm on Instagram and Facebook is already an efficiency killer for me, but I love being able to talk to people on there. It helps us make better content. I talk to listeners and things like that, but it's, it's something else. But you're right. The phone. Now you can take videos from anywhere. So much better quality. My, one of my best hacks is the calendar that's built into the phone. I mean, I tell you what, we get so busy. You and I, before we got on, we were talking about how many meetings that we book in to have conversations and get to meet with people and a little pop up on my phone of like, Hey, you have a call with somebody in a few minutes. It's like, Oh crap. Yeah. Let me go jump on that. Let me go do that right now. The, so you mentioned that you have a podcast. What's your podcast called? Be the solution. Be the solution. Heck of a name. The, the, with, with your branding that you've had. And did you start that branding in 2020? Was that your new April thing? April 1st. Holy cow. So that was like a, Hey, that 10 was, days. That was literally saying, I'm going to take this on head on. Like here's COVID happening. Everybody's leaving. They made us non-essential. Screw that. I'm not going to let the government say I'm not essential. I'm going to be the solution. I'm going to go all in. And now yeah. you're, now you're growing and you're going to yeah. double up. If I had somebody- fights with people about it that thought that we should stay home. And we shouldn't be essential friends in the business. I had a lot of people mad at me for not being more angry. I'm like, it's going to yeah. be okay. It's and I was again, terrified, but going, I'm going to get stuff in place. It's going to be okay. This isn't going to last. For, and I had people I, going like, how could you not be so mad right now? It's like, it's not that I'm not, but I'm trying to also go further. I agree. I use, like I said, I use that adrenaline in a positive way. So if somebody's in Philadelphia, they want to join your team, they want to learn more about what you're doing on the, the front end, the back end, what's the best way they can reach out to you and ask you questions about what you're doing? They can message me on Facebook. They can call me at the office, 215-607-3535. They can You got to say that number me. in a non-Philadelphia speed for me. So you're 215. Oh, <laughs> sorry. 215-607-3535. Email maria at callmq.com. That's easy. Okay. And that six or seven number, it's a textable number too. That's our main number. Awesome. Like text, know. email, Facebook there, Messenger, Instagram. Any, I'm on all of them. You're on all. So people get, now you're trying to hire agents or you're trying to hire backend or you're trying to hire admin. Is it like somebody lives in Philadelphia and they're interested in real estate? What's your, what's the best people that you'd have reach out to you right now? We're looking for good people in the industry. So all positions and I will find a spot for that person if I think that they're the right fit. We are looking for a transaction man, uh, TC, transaction mm-hmm. coordinator, as well, as well as agents, experienced and brand new as well. This is where really, we have a training program. It's a two-week boot camp. It's at your pace. So if you do it in 10 days, you're, you're onboarded 100% in 10 days and you're rocking and rolling and you're making deals happen and in the first 30 days yeah that's awesome it's been really fun getting to know you and the and i can't wait to have you back on the podcast when you're in italy saying no i worked super hard during 2020 and now i'm living in italy three months out of the year but what are your final thoughts your last your last minute or two what do you want to tell our listeners any anything anything you want to say so 
if you have the belief that you can do it, you will do it. And the universe will figure out a way for you to make it happen. The important part for you to do is to take the action each and every day. Because the only thing that we can create is an environment and a community for people to be productive. But we can't make anybody productive. So I say focus on your micro commitments each and every day of what those items are that are non-negotiable that need to get done that are going to move your business forward. Whether that means you're growing a team or you're working on a team or you're an independent and you're focusing on, you know, working with buyers or sellers or certain actions that you need to take on the daily and don't miss a day. Because if you miss one day and you work five days a week, you're going to miss 20% of your goal. And if you do that enough times, you surely will, you won't make it. Yeah. And so it's like getting up every day, being excited to take action. And then I quote, maybe quote this morning, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change, yeah. Wayne Dwyer. And that's, and if you think about that, and the fact that I would say, you never step in the same river twice. So we'll never have this moment again like this, Aaron, because when we meet again, we will both will be at different points in our career and in our life, and we will have grown so much. So I am very thankful and grateful of the opportunity to be here with you today and to share with you a little bit about what we do. And it was great to get to know you as well. Awesome. What a, what a great final two, three minutes there. The Maria, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. And Real Estate Rockstars, thanks for listening. All right, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I wanna make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents. And we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every punny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients. And we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate how to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>